It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. Here, as always, your host, Brett Connors, with my co-host up the rainy coast in Santa Barbara, Jimmy Connors. What is happening today? Staying dry. That's a, it's a good point. We had rain again this, uh, this morning, and uh, it's a little break, so I got my bike ride in and uh, you know, took, took Bogey for a walk, let Stevie out, our cat, to roam around a bit, but it's coming back again, so it's, it's interfering with our golf game. we gotta, <laughs> we got to find some dry, uh, some dry courses where we can get out and play. Right. Yep. It's, it's been raining down here too. It's a little, uh, it's definitely overcast. It stopped right now. Gold dude, Isabella had her raincoat on this morning for her morning walk. She was looking fancy, hated every minute of it, but, uh, <laughs> I, I like the rain. I know people are getting tired of it, but it's, uh, it's nice to have a little rain, a little something different. And it helps, uh, helps nature, even though we don't collect much of the actual rainwater here in California. Uh, it's nice to have once in a while. So uh, moving on, let's recap our exciting week in the desert. I know uh, our last episode, we had a pretty special episode with our buddy Bjorn Borg, which was uh, which was awesome. Getting the chance to have him on the pod, we didn't even didn't even know he was going to be down there. We went down. Um, we didn't really have that much, you know, plans. We were going to golf and hang and, and, and watch some tennis and try and get some people on the pod. And, and we didn't, you know, we're walking in. And someone's like, hey, you, did you know Bjorn's here? Did you see Bjorn? And we're like, wow, I didn't even know he was here. Yeah, that was a, that was a nice, pleasant surprise. And, and, uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, went over and, uh, uh I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to the Fila booth that he was in too. So went over to the Fila and, and, uh, walked in and saw he and his wife, Patricia and, and, uh, asked him, said, Hey, you know, I got a podcast and I'm doing it with my son, Brad, I, uh, would you, uh, would you come on and spend some time with us? And, and it took him about a millisecond to say, sure, right. <laughs> you know, which was, which was kind of good. And, uh, even though it was, uh, you know, he was busy and, and had some other things to do, he came over and spent some good time with us. And 
uh, gave us uh, gave us a lot of uh, entertaining stuff. To right. be honest with you, I, it does, was good fun. Does the guy age? I mean, he looks amazing, and every time I see him, he almost looks younger. Um, it was it was good to see him. I hadn't seen him in in, in a handful of years. It felt like, uh, and and hadn't seen Patricia either. They both looked great, and they were super friendly and and happy, and and it was it was a great uh, great time to have him on the pod, and and it was just fun to sit there and watch you guys kind of go back and forth. Yeah, the fun part of it, uh, better is you're right. He was uh, was relaxed, and and you know we haven't seen each other in uh, in a number of years, also. And you know it's funny, uh, you know, growing up, you know, we were such competitors, and you know he uh, he played exhibitions with Vitas, and I played exhibitions with Nasty, and you know, but we saw each other. But it's almost like you know we we kind of just pick up where we leave off, uh, and you know, which is you know, for me is, is the best. And, and that means that, uh, you know, there's more to, you know, to a friendship like that than, you know, kind of uh, more than just surface. Uh, and, and it was great to, to hang with him and to see him. And, and, uh, you know, I told him, I said, you know, we got to stay in touch more and, you know, keep up with each other and try to run into each other. You know, life's, life's getting short for us too. And, uh, you know, hopefully not too short, but, uh, you know, we got to, you know, uh, run into each other more and, and, uh, and spend some time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just think it was cool that now you guys are, you know, way out of your competitive. I mean, you'll always be competitive, but you're not in that competitive stage anymore. And you're just like two old work buddies, essentially, <laughs> you know, they yeah, used to work together true. for 25 years or 20 years. And, and then now you've, you know, stopped working or retired or whatever it is. And, and, and now you've fallen out of touch a little bit, but but then right when you, when you guys see each other, you just pick up right where you left off and, and you've gone through so many battles and wars and, and stuff. And, and it's just kind of cool to sit there and watch you guys uh, laugh and smile and 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 joke around. Yeah, he, uh, you know, he he goes to some tennis. Uh, he goes to, you know, to Wimbledon once in a while, and goes to the French or Monte Carlo and in events like that. So he does the Labor you Cup. Know, he's at Labor Cup. Yeah, he's the coach there, and, and he still gets around quite a bit, a little more than than I do. And and uh, it was interesting talking to him about, you know, the players and, and uh, you know, how they're all friends of his. And I think that's more, you know, from uh, from being a coach of the Labor's Cup and getting to to know a lot of the players, you know, a little bit more than just actually on the tennis court or around a tournament, more of a uh, an in intimate setting. So he's, uh, you know, he keeps up to date on on the players and and uh, and their play and and what they have to do to become better and, and to uh, you know kind of take over the number one two three spot in the world when you know the the three of Federer Nadal and Djokovic are you know really coming to an end and and uh, it was uh, you know uh, as much as we like the you know on the podcast there was some you know very entertaining and fun stuff to talk about when we were just you know walking back and forth to the you know, to the suites and so forth. And, uh, you know, next time I'll, I'll tape that also. It was, uh, that was some pretty enlightening <laughs> stuff too. Yeah. Right. I, I think we could have talked to him for another hour or two, but we didn't want to monopolize his time since he has a, <clears throat> a lot of commitments and stuff being, being in the desert just for the short time that he was. But, um, yeah, just, uh, it brought back a lot of memories, you know, like when I was in you know high school, you had the senior tour and, and every summer I'd go with you on the senior tour and, and, you know, hang out with a lot of those guys, you know, to, with with Willie and then go play golf with Vitas and you know and hang out with Dibs and and you know just all the different guys Lloydy and, and all the all the cool people that you know you knew them as players and and then since I'm always on your side as a kid growing up you know those are the guys you're playing against and so it was cool to be able to get to know them as like people 
you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and see right. that they're just normal people and they're cool and they're just like us and, and you know, they're just from different places and, and, and you know, whatever. And so uh, it was just fun to see Bjorn because we did so much on the senior tour and hung out so much and, and got into some trouble and, and uh, in a good way. <laughs> and uh, and it was just fun to see him and to catch up. And, and you know, I, th- I feel like, we, you know, give it a year, we could have him on again and, and do another hour or two. Oh, I, you know what? I think he enjoyed it. Uh uh, being on as much as we enjoyed having him. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, was shown by, you know, by a lot of his conversation. I mean, he was, you know, down and honest with us, uh, you know, on a lot of things and, you know, things that, you know, kind of, you know, been pushed aside for years and years and years, you know, with, uh, you know, for example, his, you know, when he left the tour, when he was 26 years old, he was very honest with us and upfront. And, and, uh, you know, I, I kind of think that, you know, age kind of cures a lot of things and <clears throat> why he uh, made some decisions, uh, you know, back then, you know, where that was his uh, and, and he stuck with it and, and went through with it. And, and, uh, you know, as, as come out in his life, it seems very, very happy, very relaxed and, and uh, you know, just continuing on, which is uh, always good to see. Yeah, I thought that was uh, that was cool, and he seems like he's in a really good place in life. You know, he seems like relaxed and laid back, and and he just, you know, we talked about it. He just goes around getting to be Bjorn Borg, you know, and he's just this, yeah. this chill, laid back dude. And you know, he shows up. He he is who he is, and 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 people love him. And and we were uh, lucky enough to have him on the pod, and um, you know, hope to get him on again soon. Yeah. And they, they also had some tennis in the desert, didn't they? I mean, <laughs> uh, we we uh, we found some time to go watch a watch a little bit of tennis in between, you know, playing golf and on some great courses too. By the way, yeah. And, you know, we talked with Bjorn about it when we talked about who we thought would be next, and uh, you know, who ends up winning on the men's side is Carlos Alcaraz. We talked a little bit about him. Um, mm-hmm. Looking back now, ridiculously priced at six and a half to one pre-tournament to win the event, didn't drop a set. And made Medvedev, who had won 19 straight matches coming in, you know, look silly out there, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we got to watch some tennis. We, we actually were there. We went and watched a, an Alcaraz match. He played his, uh, I think, his first round against K- Kokonakis. Uh, you sat up in the booth, you in the media area, and I went down and snapped some photos. Uh, lucky enough to get a media credential, and uh, they let me down and snap a few photos in the photo well with some of my buddies. Um, yep. What'd you yep. think? You, what'd got you... The, you got you got a little TV time also down there. Uh, so they snuck me on there. <laughs> Uh-oh. Not good. You know, the ratings went down quickly when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I want to get your take. What did you think about watching Alcaraz in person for the first time since you've only, you know, me, I had, me too. I hadn't seen him before except on TV. Yeah, you know, it's so different uh, watching in person and, and than on TV. But, you know, the one thing that really stood out, you know, with me, I mean, he's young, 19, 20 years old, and he has the desire. You can tell you know, the, the way he goes about his business. I mean, he's very, seems to be playing at a very mature level for, you know, for a 19 or 20 year old kid who's, you know, I mean, even though he has won the U S open, you know, you still, you know, you still, a lot, a lot of things can, can happen and he's still gaining experience and so forth, but he seems to have that desire to, to be the best and, and to, and, and he is right now. He's, he's gone to number one in the world and, you know, uh, rightfully so. I mean, you go out and play, in a tournament like uh, that was in the desert and, and you come out winning and not losing a set and beating the players that he's beaten, you know, he deserves it. But uh, you know, he is a, 
he's got the attitude, you can tell. And, and if he stays healthy and keeps that desire and keeps that attitude and keeps that wanting to, you know, continue to improve and, and to be better with each with each match, with each, with each tournament, then you know, he's going to be hard to stop. And, you know, I, I watched uh, uh, over the course of the last years or, or a couple of years, I've watched a lot of these young guys coming up. Uh, none have uh, stood out in those departments, the desire department and the, and the willingness to give it everything every time you go out there like he has. And, and uh, he sure proved that when I was watching him in person. Yeah, definitely watching him courtside. He is uh, so aggressive. You know, I think that's the the one thing when you, you know, you hear about him or you, you know, you're always Spanish and he loves playing on clay and slower surfaces. You think he's going to be more like Rafa where he's <clears throat> playing, you know, six, seven, eight feet behind the baseline and, and using that extra time and, and that, but he's up on the baseline, you know, he's, yeah. he's hugging the baseline yeah. a lot more and he's, he's always looking to move forward. You know, he's super aggressive where I think almost like his, uh, him, his aggressiveness almost hurts him sometimes where like, if he just hits another ball or two, you know, he might, the other guy might miss and then he goes for a little too much and misses. But I think that's something that like, he'll, you know, get under control easily in the next couple of years. He's still just 19 years old, but yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's different. You know, he's like, I think he is kind of the hybrid guy that we always talk about. I think, you know, for the last mm -hmm. couple of years, we thought it might be Sitsipas, but Sitsipas has hit a little bit of a wall and, and, you know, he's still, still great player, but he's, we're still waiting for him to maybe take that next step and, and try and get a grand slam. Um, but it seems like Alcaraz, yeah. it could be that guy. I, I, I like the, the analogy there better. And, and, you know, it's kind of, you know, you know, say, you know, is he, is he not aggressive enough or whatever? It's kind of like, you know, in a comparison to golf, you can teach, uh, you can't teach distance. You get up there. And, and I remember when you first, first started taking golf lessons, they said, just get up there and hit it as far as you can. We'll go find it. Mm -hmm. So you can't teach distance, but you can bring in the dispersion, you know, and, and, uh, uh, it, and it's kind of like tennis. I'd rather him be aggressive and, and understanding the value in that and, and what it means, you know, to take away that split second from your opponent, uh, to catch the ball a little bit earlier and, you know, get him on the run or, or whatever it takes. And then, and then, uh, and, and then let him understand the value of also hitting that one extra ball. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you, you can't teach that aggressiveness. I think that has to come. It has to be in you and, and, and you want to do that. But the other you can teach, you know, the hitting the one more ball and, and to change the pace and things like that is is teachable. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, with the way he's going, uh, you know, the courts uh, seem to be, you know, we talk about that all the time, too. And, you know, seeing it in person, just, uh, you know, how high the, you know, the ball bounces on all surfaces and it bounces up and gives all the players a chance to really step in and whack it. And, and, uh, you know, he, he has the value of hitting a slice and, you know, the shorter angles and mixing in a drop shot and not get, get, not getting discouraged. If you come to the net and you get past, mm -hmm. you know, the, that you still continue on and, and, you know, uh, understand, well, you know, maybe he won that one, but you know, how many times is he going to win that? Right. You know, so it just keep putting the pressure on them. And, you know, if you can, get that, uh, you know, that hybrid feeling of understanding the value of that and, and the old school attitude with a modern day hard hitting game, boy, that's, uh, that's going to be tough to beat. Right. I mean, his drop shot is ridiculous already. 
he used it. Yeah, I mean, in, in one uh, game against Medvedev, he used it like three points in a row to like close out a game. But uh, yeah, you're yeah, right. But, but also that he's got court sense because he senses his opponent so far back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, and and it even you know, there's. I keep going back to this. Even if you miss it, it puts it in your opponent's mind that hey, he's just not going to stand back and bang the ball back to me. He's going to you know move me around because. Most everybody, I would say 99% of everybody moves well horizontally across the baseline. Mm-hmm. But moving moving forward is different. And especially, you know, that extra four or five or six feet when you're back so deep, but, uh, you know, you're just putting that extra strain on your body. And he, and he understands that. So, hey, keep it going. Yeah. I mean, he definitely, his, his tennis IQ seems to be pretty high, especially when you think he's just 19. You know, like you said, it he he understands situations and oh look, my you know Medvedev's eight feet behind the baseline, drop shot time. You know <clears> what I mean? Right. Or you know, because like it seems like a lot of the guys like we've talked about before, and even with Borg, how like it, these points will get into like a pattern where it almost seems like it's a drill. You know, where like both players get into their comfort zone. You know, and then they're both comfortable right. playing the other guy in his comfort zone. You know, so like backhand at backhand or whatever it is. And then, but that, you don't want that. You don't want the other guy to be in his comfort zone. You want to always pull him out of his comfort zone. And so I think Alcaraz is great at that. You know, oh, you're, you're far back. Okay. Now I'm gonna drop shot you. Oh, you're trying to hug the baseline, play the drop shot. Now I'm going to hit it, you know, deep with a lot of back, you know, top spin to kick it back deep into the, uh, into the court, you right. know? So it just seems like his IQ and his court awareness plus his aggressiveness, like, and like you said, the, the things where he maybe be, is a little too aggressive that's like me in golf when I'm like, well, I'd rather miss the ball, my putt three feet long than two or three feet short. You know, you, it never, right. it never has a chance if it is short, it has a chance if it goes long or like exactly. you, you used to teach me, don't miss it in the net, miss it in the fence. You can bring the fence down the net. It's never had a shot. You know what I mean? What right. was it going to do? Barely get over the net, you know, if it didn't hit it. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Good. You remember that. That, that's, that's, uh, that, that makes me feel good. You remember that. I took brother. some notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't work. I didn't maybe work on the court so well, but I took some notes. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> well, I mean, he had a good week. Even Medvedev had a good week into the finals. And, you know, I know he, he won, 19 matches in a row. And uh, actually you had a great comment before uh, when, when the, the odds came out for that, you know, how can you win 19 matches in a row like that and be an underdog? Yeah. But they were right. Yeah. They were right. Yeah, well, they were right in a big way. What so, do you think about the stuff with Medvedev uh, complaining about the court? Cause I sent you, you know, we heard about it when we were down there for the one match and then we left and then he, you know, uh, I can't think it was against Zverev. He was like his bitching about it and, uh, you know, saying it's too slow. This is a joke. It's a hard, it's, this is supposed to be a hard court. I'm a hard court specialist. I should know. Um, but then I saw an interesting tweet from uh, Barbora Krychikova, uh, who we saw out there at the Czech player. And she said, uh-huh. you know, Medvedev is funny. She's like, he played all of his matches on the main court. And he's like, the, and she was like, the main court was the fastest of the four courts. She's like, I know because I played on all four courts because she plays singles and doubles. So she was like on court four for her doubles and then one, you know, so she played all four right. courts. And so like listening to her, court one was the fastest of the four. And then, and then he's still complaining about it. So I just wanted to get your take. Would that be something? Is that something like you noticed while watching you know, the couple sets that we watched, the couple matches that the ball bounces, it's so hard to hit winners through the court. And then yeah. you, you were kind of like Medvedev as a flat ball, you know, take time away, you know, hit it low over the net, not a lot of topspin players. So what did you think right. about that? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, the you know, we've talked about this many times before too, Brett. That uh, you know, seems like yeah, even the the clay at Roland Garros and the grass at Wimbledon are, are they're, they they brought the courts down to the to fit the game, and and uh, you know, talking talking with Bjorn on the side, you know, kind of he threw that out exactly the same way that uh, you know the way the players play, but you know the. Back in, in in my day, the the courts were were much different. The ball bounced a lot lower, and and would really shoot through the court because of the speed of the courts. Also, the balls were faster. You know that if you know I hit a flat ball, so the ball would you know not only move quicker through the air, but when it would hit, it would skip and in and, uh, and go through the court. But you know most of you know most everybody now ha- plays with the you know the same way with more or less the frying pan grip and you know the real the real Western grip and and uh, you know so you know to to get down low, uh, you know that's one thing Pancho Segura always used to tell me is stay low, buddy. Stay low because the ball was coming through. If you don't bend your knees and get down to it, you know, if you bend your knees now, it seems like the ball would just jump over your head. And and because of uh, because all the guys who hit with such topspin with the equipment and the strings and and the balls being so slow. So, you know, to have a slow court, no wonder they just stand back and, you know, are able to, to have a rally of, you know, 10, 12, 15, 18 balls. You know, it's it's very difficult to put the ball away. And. But saying that, I mean, the, these kids are swinging so hard at the ball and, and, and uh, you know, with the, with the lighter racket and having to generate that speed, you know, and, and all of that. It's, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what the change is going to be. Are, are they going to uh, what's going to hurt them? You know, in, right. in my generation, it was knees and hips and ankles and, and, and backs. And, you know, this is going to be shoulders and wrists and necks and, elbow. you know, and, and elbow. And, and so it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but, you know, you, you, you'd think that uh, uh, you'd want it a little bit faster, but, but I know why, because, you know, most of the, the players are so big and tall and their serve is so powerful that, they had to do something to to allow you know for some points because I, I remember back on the grass some of the big servers back in my day Rospo Tanner for instance and Kevin Curran you know I said I mean there there go games go by where you didn't even see the ball didn't even touch it right you know so you know maybe they've done that you know for more rallies but uh, you know maybe it'd be a good thing to find a happy medium somewhere to to give these guys a chance to you know to in, in the point a little bit early too if they could. Right. Well, when we first got there, we went and checked in with uh, Ray Moore, who, you know, works, uh, you know, behind the scenes at the at the tournament. And he was just telling us a little inside information. This was early in the event that they tried to take some of the sand out of the paint. That's how they you know, that's how you make a court slower, faster outdoors is you add sand to the paint and then that makes it more gritty. Favorite word, gritty. And that slows the ball down. The ball catches it and then, you know, kicks it up in the air and, and and. and all that stuff. And he said they tried to take some of the sand out, but it seemed like it was still like a pretty slow, slow event. I mean, you still had Carlos winning who, you know, those, those conditions favor him, but you, I was a little surprised Medvedev made that, that deeper run. I thought Zverev might get him there in, in, in the quarters, but um, you know, he came through there and, and played a good match. Uh, and then on the women's side, we had kind of connections to both winners. We uh, didn't see Sabalenka, but we ran into Rybakina. Elena Rybakina, right. the winner, who is now kind of just a top 
three, two, three, four, you know, uh, player on the WTA tour. Her last nine or 10 months, she didn't get her ranking points for Wimbledon, but she wins Wimbledon, runner up at Australia, and now wins the first Masters 1000 of the year on hard courts in America, uh, in Indian Wells. Um, and she just is, she's like, you know, people are like, oh, she doesn't have reactions. She barely celebrates, but she just seems like this. She's just a little different. You know, she's, she handles it calm. She smiles and, you know, waves and, and then they interviewed her and she did her stuff in the trophy ceremony. She seems like a super nice girl and just, you know, she might just be a little shy and, and, and handle success differently than a lot of the other people. And, I don't know. I kind of, uh, she's growing on me. I like watching her play and, and, uh, I was happy to see her win. Yeah. It's good that, uh, you know, she, she's found her niche and going about her business in her way and, and what allows her, you know, to play successful tennis, you know, not, not everybody is, is, uh, uh Borg. Not everybody is Sampras. Not everybody is Gerolitis. Not everybody is Nastasi. Not everybody is Connors. Not, you know, not, you got to find your own way and, and what, not only with your game, but also with your emotions, because your emotions, you know, control a lot of what goes on out there too, and the way you play. So, you know, finding that and and feeling comfortable, uh, not only in your game, but but uh, you know, in, in your emotions and your attitude is just as important. And it seems to me, you know, you said it. You know, she still smiles, but you know, she's a little bit shy. Well, that that's okay. It's not affecting her tennis, you right. know. And, and and the end result is the the tennis results are what counts. You know, you're you're not out there to win a popularity contest. You're mm -hmm. out there to win a tennis match, and and whatever it takes to to uh, win that tennis match and, and how to go about it. And she seems to be very comfortable in the way she's going about it, especially with the results the last, what, nine, 10 months, yeah. 10, you know, something yeah. like that. So yeah, good honor. I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, that, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, and, and to, uh, she must have some, uh, either it's, it's, it's her and, and she's, uh, understands the value in that, or she has some good people around her that understand that, that have, you know, kind of helped her along with that, but uh, whatever or whoever, uh, however it happened, uh, it, uh, she's doing a good job at it. Yep. Definitely. What's better than finding quality candidates, finding them instantly for a powerful hiring partner you need indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do that all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. The thing I like most is the instant match on Indeed. I don't have a lot of time. I'm busy going here, going there, working on the podcast, working at my job. So that helps me out when I'm looking to hire somebody on the go. Candidates you invite apply through instant match are three times more likely to apply to a job than candidates who only see a search according to US Indeed data. Join over 3 million businesses worldwide using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. Visit Indeed.com slash Connors to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash Connors. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application. Pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Our girl Sabby, uh, with another good result, AO winner, uh, comes back after losing, I think it was in Dubai a little early, uh, in a tough three-setter to Krychikova. Comes back, you know, runner-up, good result. And uh, it's kind of cool because we talked, you know, into last year, started this year, how we wanted someone to step up to be kind of number two on the WTA. You know, Iga's right. obviously this, num- this, you know, full, full on, in a way, a number one. But there was kind of a back and forth. This person's two. Now this person's two. Now this person's two. But since then, not not only has one person stepped up, two. You know, you could say yeah. the now there's kind of like a top three where you're like these three. Pagula's in there, but she's a little on the outside. Just with a she needs like another big Grand Slam result. But you've got Iga, Rybakina, and Sabby now kind of cemented as those top three. I know the rankings might not be one, two, three. But if you're going into an event, like, you know, who are you favoring? You know, I think right. uh, I think those three are, are pretty solid. And we were standing next to her getting some lunch, and she might be taller than me. I mean, I'm 6'3". I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. She, she I, had her... I know. I saw that. And But, but uh, you know, but but she still moves. Oh, hell and, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, you, you look at the guys and, you know, how tall they are and the power that they have. The, the women play the same way. Yep. Yeah, you know, and and getting around the court and having the power and understanding that is, I'm happy to see, uh, with uh, Serena kind of stepping aside and Sharapova stepping aside, and you know we've talked about this often, uh, Brett, that you know who's going to step up to be number two, three, four, five. I I think that they're not satisfied. They're they're looking they're eyeing that number one even even though Iga's uh, you know out out in front by by a good chunk there's still a lot of tennis to play mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of matches for 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 everybody to play here and they're going to be playing against each other and in different situations and different surfaces and different conditions and and all all of that and and it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know now you know with that taste of success. You know, some sometimes that's all it takes is, well, you know, I, I've had this taste and and I, I like it, but I'm not really not really sure. And then and then all of a sudden you you win in Australia or you win a Wimbledon and then you win uh, win a, a, a Masters 1000. Then all of a sudden, whoa, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know, I, I'm, I'm on it. I'm on. I, I like what's happening here. And and uh, so keep it going and, and keep on the roll as long as you can. Yep. Pretty good. Yep, definitely. So, uh, yep, happy to see that. Uh, just got saw some news today. Uh, Iga pulled out of Miami, so she won the Sunshine Double last year. She'll drop 
those points has a rib injury. I guess she picked up at Indian Wells. I mean, she was rolling, uh, you know, people, you know, bagels and breadsticks for everyone until she ran into Rybakina, who's beaten her now right. twice in a row, got her at AO in straights and now beat her two and two, uh, last Whoa. week. So, uh, I mean, it, yeah, Rybakina is a thumper. I mean, she goes, she's, mm-hmm. she crushes it cross court. Like when she starts picking up her down the line and starts switching it up because you got to protect that corner when she's going cross court and can just go down the line. Like she's going to be tough to beat while we were out there in Palm Springs. Just, uh, you know, we got what three days we played, uh, with some pretty good hosts. We played, um, the plantation course, which is a, an old palm tree plantation where they used to grow palm trees and people would buy them. And they said, Hey, let's turn this into a golf course. Uh, which is pretty, and they, and they did a magnificent job too. By the way, I mean mm-hmm. it was a uh, such a great course, uh, very difficult, uh, and but uh, we we uh, we met up uh, with our friend Richie Bree, but we stayed with him. But he has a friend Mark who uh, hosted us at uh, uh, at the plantation, which was great. So uh, you know, going back, you know, there's great golf in the desert, but that's one certainly I'll go back to. What about you, Brett? Yeah, I, I loved it. Just uh, being a you know amateur photographer kind of guy. Just there's no bad backdrop. You know, there's there's literally palm trees everywhere, and uh, you know we put a couple pictures up. There's you know multiple rows deep. If you you know a little off off the center of the fairway, it, it punishes you. But um, and really really cool around sunset where you get those nice silhouettes of uh, of the palm trees in the background. I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah, it was beautiful, and 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 we did play till dark, which uh, <laughs> which now with this time of year, with the time change, makes it better to to play later. So uh, I'm looking forward to to more golf like that, and also going back down to to Palm Springs. That was great fun. Yeah, well, we actually played it twice. We played three days. Uh, I played three days. You played four, but we played Plantation twice, and then we played a course called uh, what was it? It was called the Quarry. The Quarry. The Quarry. Yeah, quarry. That's right. Which was great, also, but but so different. We we go from palm uh, palm trees, you know, that that line the course, and you know, with great uh, great visuals, also. But then now we play the quarry, which is built back into the into the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, every hole had uh, had such a great view, and 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 when and uh, at the time we were there, better the snow on the mountains too made for such a great backdrop. But uh, yeah, both different kinds of golf, both of them uh, were yep. different, don't you think? Yeah, I, li- I liked them both. Uh, the quarry, you could tell they had uh, they had free reign. It seemed like with a lot more land. You know, where like hmm. there's one hole and it reaches all the way up here. And then, you know, you don't see another hole for like a couple hundred yards. You got to drive a little bit sometimes. Um, whereas plantations more like, you know, holes are next to each other. They have the, you know, they had the, uh, the benefit of not having, of having more land for the quarry. So different types, but I, I love, loved them both would love to play again, but there's so many good golf courses out there. It's, it's hard to, to not want to try back, try and get back out there and play some more. Yeah, but I, I'd like to give a shout out to our host too, Mark. I mentioned already, and uh, John and Greg uh, at the quarry, and and uh, you know the the, you know, the times that we had, and and uh, then going out and you know having a bite to eat afterwards. I mean, we we went down there to to get around the tennis, which was fun, and and uh, do do our podcast, and we had a great podcast. But but uh, you know when we first left to go down there, you said it. We're going to go down. We're going to watch a little tennis, have some great food, play some great golf, and and yes, we did. Yeah, uh, it was it was a, a great uh, four or five day getaway from uh, from Santa Barbara and you from L.A. and uh, really, you know, kind of uh, restarted my engine to come back and okay, I had a great time and now you know get back whatever I'm doing, get back to work and and do that. So it was uh, we'll have to do it again more often. 
Yep. And uh, it's a small world down there. We, we played 18 at the quarry with Greg. And then the next night we played uh, somewhere else. And then we went and watched Carlos in the night session. Once it got dark and I'm down in the photographer's pit and I hear someone go, psst, Brett, psst, and I look over my shoulder and it's Greg in the front row behind me with oh, his, that's uh, a classic. That's <laughs> with, pretty good. with his friends. So. <laughs> yeah, who would have thought that? But uh, yeah, every, uh, everybody we played with down there, they, you know, the, they hosted us so nicely and, and, uh, uh, but, the uh, uh, big tennis fans, mm-hmm. you know, all of them, you know, had tickets to the tennis and, and, uh, we're looking forward to, to going and, you know, they started firing off names, uh, you know, who are you going to see? Well, we're going to see Alcaraz, we're going to see him and he's going to win the tournament, but I don't know this guy, they, they knew their tennis, right. you know, which was, uh, you know, we're out playing golf, but they're, they're, they're talking golf, talking tennis. It was a great, uh, great match, great yep. matchup. It's good yeah. fun. Great times. It's hard not to be a, a little bit of a tennis fan when you have such a great tournament in your backyard, but I uh, had a lot of fun playing golf and uh, look forward to doing it again next year. So let's let's switch to Miami real quick. Not don't want to get too much into it, but uh, just tell me what it was like. What, did it used to be like this when you played? Was it Indian Wells and then you'd go down to Miami? Uh, oh boy. Now, now you're testing my memory. That's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we would, we would have a nice little uh, uh, circuit here in California with, and then uh, with Las Vegas, the Allen King Classic sticking in there, and and then uh, then Florida. Yeah, would it was it was pretty close, or but pretty we had close. a couple tournaments here. Yeah, yeah, it was it was all pretty close around to to keep the you know the same surface and uh, on the hard courts and things. But uh, uh, yeah, my Miami. Miami was always a, a big event for us too back in the day, and as, as well as Palm Springs, and you know, and it's not not bad places to go anyway to go and spend a week or ten days in Palm Springs, and then the same at Miami. You know, the weather's great, the food's great, you know, the tennis is great, so it's uh, you know not uh, not too bad having back to back tournaments like that. No, um, and it's like it's tough to win it. Like they call it the Sunshine Double. Not too many players have uh, have have won back to back. Carlos won Miami last year, so he has the chance now to to, to win it this year. Um, who do you like? What uh, any anything pop out, or have you not had a chance to look at it? I know it's still early. It's just getting underway today. No, I haven't. I'm not really looking, but uh, you know, I'm looking at, at two things. One, I'm looking at Medvedev, how he takes the the beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if he, if he comes back and, and says, uh, okay, I, I'm, I was in the final, but I'm not satisfied with that. So what do I have to do? Uh, I, I know it's a, it's a long eight or 10 days that they go through and then to, to travel to Miami, but, but still, uh, also, uh, Alcaraz, uh, you know, he's gotta be just brimming with confidence. I mean, the, the way he played and, you know, going through that tournament, not, not losing a set, then beating Medvedev the way he did. I mean, his confidence has got to be at, a, at an all time high. And plus uh, it, it's hard courts, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you say that Clay's his favorite now, now he's, you know, winning decisively on hard courts like that. I mean, he's got to feel his, his game is just almost right where it wants it to be, especially going into you know, the French coming up and, you know, you don't want to overplay. You got to, you know, keep this, this level, but the French is coming up. Wimbledon's coming up. And, you know, if he keeps at this level with this confidence, he's going to be tough on all surfaces. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to it. I go in after we record this. I'm doing the PM, the later shift this week at Tennis Channel. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, I'm looking to see how Carlos bounces back. Also to see how Rybakina does. Like, does she come yeah. back and, and want, you know, want more? Or does she, you know, kind of rest on, on, on a good week last week? I think she'll come out and, and still play well. Um, haven't looked at her draw. But uh, yeah, Miami's a fun one. It's always funny to me that it's moved to the parking lot of my favorite football team, the Dolphins. Dolphins. It's like <laughs> kind of amazing. a fun, kind of a funny setup, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Next week, we'll have a little more on it as we'll be into the sec- second week meet of the tournament. And I know there's a little golf tournament going on. It used to be in Tucson. Now it's in Austin, Texas. The World Match Play Championship. Are you watching any of this? Uh, well, I mean, it's always on in the background. <laughs> you know, so, you know, if I'm walking through and, uh, you know, I got to, I stop and, you know, watch a little bit, seeing if I can pick up any tips, uh, you know, I'm always looking to try to improve and, you know, how can it uh, be bad watching the best players in the world, uh, do their thing. So yes, of course I'm watching. Yes, I am. Nice. Nice. Uh, any, anyone you're looking at to win it? What do you think? It's hard to bet against John Rom. Yeah, it's hard to bet against Rom. It's hard to bet against Rory. It's, uh, you know, but there's some some sneaky, you know, uh, some Europeans that come over like uh, uh, Min, Min Woo Lee. Is, uh, I saw him play. He came, he was one down on 17 and ended up winning two holes in a row to, to move forward. And I mean, a lot of these guys are getting an opportunity to play this event for the first time. And, you know, they, they come in and, and they're ready to win. They've won on the European tour and they've run one around the world. So it'll be interesting to, you know, to see who steps up and challenges, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the number one seeds in, in, uh, in all brackets. So yeah, I'm interested. I, I, and I like match play too. I, I like, that, I like that too. That, yeah. That, uh, that you can have a bad hole. It's only one hole. You know, and then to come back and you can be aggressive and, and uh, you know, make things happen. So, yeah, I'm interested and I'll be watching it. Yeah, me too. I'll be following along. Um, Austin seems to be blowing up as a sports city. I mean, I know they've always been a good one, but now they have this. This They had a tennis tournament earlier in the year. They have a soccer team, uh, MLS. You know, they got the college there and everything. Uh, so Austin, uh, pretty good town, pretty good sports town. Yeah. And, and they're getting crowded. A lot of uh, people from California moving, <laughs> uh, moving out of California and moving Texas way. And, and uh, I was, uh, I was in Austin, uh, I guess it was three or four months ago doing an event for our friend, Andy Roddick. And, and I, uh, I, I could barely recognize it. You yeah. know, it is, uh, is growing so much and uh, the building and just everything that's going on was uh, really quite exciting. So uh, yeah, Austin is, uh, you know, taking its place on yep. the, on the major stage, which is great. Yep. Anything else going on you want to talk about? What do you got going on the rest of the day? Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do a little more work here and, uh, try to avoid the raindrops as they come back again and, uh, uh, get ready to, you know, just you know, finish out my day and lay low. So, you know, my golf games, all the courses are a little bit soaked and, and, uh, so the playing the golf is, is going to be put on the back burner, but you know, you've got, uh, you've got work to get to at, uh, at about one you got to get moving. So, Gotta All get in I'm the shower. Say is, as always, it's been great to be with you. And you can uh, you can follow me at uh, Jimmy Connors on Twitter. Uh, follow the podcast at uh, Advantage Connors. Mm-hmm. You can follow Brett at uh, Brett underscore Connors. You're getting so good at this. It's, un- uh, it's yeah, unreal. I'm missing. I think I'm missing one at ADV Connors. You can at throw that ADV one. ADV Connors. Right. <laughs> so. I just want to say one thing better to all our listeners out there. I hope you enjoyed the 
the podcast with uh, with Bjorn. I mean, it, was, it was great to have him on, and hopefully we get him on again. But uh, keep following us. We got uh, we got a lot of plans, more interesting guests, and yeah, keep sending in your questions. Anything you want to know about, I'm uh, we're, we're happy to discuss it. And and if we don't know anything about it, we'll try to find something out. So uh, we'll work on it. <laughs> we'll work on it. <laughs> but uh, stay listening. We appreciate you being a part of us. Yep. All right. Have a good day. I'm going to get in the shower and head to work, and I will check in with you later. And everyone out there, peace. <laughs> <laughs>